Look at where we are. As soon as we mention women in ministry, a bitter debate begins and the church is split. TV personalities shove agendas and action groups rally. However, Luke illustrates the strength of both women in ministry and the healing attitudes of all those involved. There is no political agenda on either side, just the beauty of those who know God and come together to praise and worship Him, and not their own prejudices. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Hi, everyone. My name is Kathy, and I am here with three awesome guests. <laughs> Would you guys please introduce yourselves and tell me who your favorite uh, woman character in the Bible is? My name is Bernita James, and my favorite woman character in the Bible is Ruth. Ruth, okay. Nice. My name is Abigail McPherson, and my favorite woman character in the Bible is Abigail. Good, good one. <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> Hi, my name is Heather Lunsford, and my favorite character has to be Esther. I'm just going to go with the queen here. Got to okay. do it. So. Good. Well, mine is Mary. I mean, good choice. Good choice. Oh. Uh, the mother of Jesus. Here we are. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, today we're talking about women in ministry. And uh, to start us off, do you mind uh, reading the scripture for us and having a word of prayer before we begin? Sure. So the text is taken from Galatians 3, verses 26 to 28. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. We pray that as we discuss that we are blessed and also those who watch this session. Thank you so much. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So I'm really excited that we're all women and get to talk about the women in the Bible. Um, so to start us off, I actually wanted to read a little part of the lesson. Um, and it says, in the time of Jesus, which I thought was hilarious, I literally put LOL next to this. Um, <laughs> It says, in the time of Jesus, as in some cultures today, women were deemed of little worth. Some Jewish men in that time thanked God uh, that they were not created a slave, a mm -hmm. Gentile, or a, a woman. woman. Mm -hmm. Like, who prays that? That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so let's jump into our first question. It says, why do you think that Luke, more than any other gospel, emphasizes the affirmative roles played by women in the ministry? Why Luke than, men, than any of the other ones? I think that's a good question. I feel as though it might speak more to who Luke was as a person. So Absolutely, yeah. it just makes me think of like these award shows where, you know, people go see the movie, but they don't realize that there are all of these roles and responsibilities that are happening sort of in the background and, you know, mm -hmm. behind the scenes. So in Luke 8, uh, so I'm going to read verses 1, 2, 3. Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, 
uh, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people, um, you know, picture Jesus in his ministry, they're probably only picturing him and the 12 disciples. But Luke actually takes the time to kind of thank the little people. You know, there were women that traveled with them as well, and yeah. they ministered to their, their needs, and they, you know, supported them from their own resources. So I think he's just giving a shout out to you like know, the ladies been to it. Yeah, the yeah. ladies that were involved. He's willing to tell all of all the story, not mm -hmm. just part of the story. He's willing to go out there, reach beyond and just tell the complete story of everybody and giving that equal equalness to everybody's part of it. Not just this part or you know that little aspect. Everybody had a role mm -hmm. in the story and he's willing to just reach out and say, you know what, I'm gonna tell it all. And that's and, pretty cool. Yeah, and it's fortunate for us as mm -hmm. ladies that, you know, we we can have someone that, uh, like Luke, represents us in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's go ahead to our next question. Uh, Luke 1, 39 to 45 says, What do we learn from the encounter between Elizabeth and Mary and their understanding of great events that were taking place? I think this is so amazing, this text, because it just showed such faith. These yeah. women just... They didn't question what was happening to them. They didn't say, hmm, I don't know. You know, maybe this isn't really what's going on here, or maybe I, this isn't right. They really had the faith, and God just, they felt like, you know, this is God wants us to do. We're going to do it. And I think more than faith, it also speaks to expectation. Mm -hmm. This is something that the entire Jewish community was looking forward to, the birth of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though for them to sort of recognize that this is happening means that they were both very God-fearing women. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. they said, okay, wow, this is, this is the time. This is what we've been looking forward um, to. Also, it shows the women in this situation, how they were both pregnant with two of the most influential people in the Bible period. You have John, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John and Jesus. John and Jesus, and the babies were actually like recognizing each other, and mm -hmm. you know, got Jesus and and John, you know, flipping in the womb, recognizing. That's my favorite part of the story. Like, this gives us sort of, um, because a lot of this time they're talking about how women were less than men, mm -hmm. whatever. But this shows us that we have an advantage over men in this sense, like. What guy is ever going to feel a baby jumping in their Absolutely. womb, <laughs> excited about their cousin next door, <laughs> next, next womb door? Like, that doesn't happen very often. And I, I think that was very, like, I love that part of the story. Mm -hmm. Is there any other part of the story that, like, jumps out that is just exciting? Just the honor and privilege period. Like, men are held at such a high standard within the Bible, but men were brought about by women, period. Mm -hmm. And you see this through the birth of Jesus Christ to make us appreciate the carriers, Really, like, you mm -hmm. know, I, have, I don't have any children, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. the fact that you are brought forth from a woman in mm -hmm. general, like, you have to be able to stop and appreciate and show some type of respect mm -hmm. for, especially these women here, who, yeah. you know, you had John preparing the way, then you had Jesus who offered the, the ultimate sacrifice. And um, so I really appreciate these mm -hmm. ladies and the fact that, you know, it's some, something so unbelievable that they could just accept it for themselves and say, hey, mm -hmm. we're raising children who are going to change the entire mm -hmm. earth. Um, you know, you have one, I have one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's true. Um, do you guys think, and not to get too off subject <laughs> here, but do you think that uh, in our generation, uh, perhaps we are kind of doing the same thing, like belittling the role that we have as women to, you know, 
give birth or, you know, to be women? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I'm a mother. I have two kids. I feel like it is one of the most amazing things that God has placed on me as a as a wife and and a and a woman to have done in this earth. You know, I might not have the most grand and glorious job or, you know, but I look at my kids and sometimes, you know, somebody I'll, I'll think, "Oh my goodness, you know, have I done right by my kids?" and somebody will come and say, "Your kids are so sweet." And my heart just fills and it's oh. like Okay, maybe I've done something that maybe just a little bit, you know, maybe just a little bit. And yeah. I think it's important to recognize that role if we're blessed to have that role, to, you know, recognize what a gift it is. And these women, above and beyond, recognize that gift because not only was it a simple child, it was someone. I mean, that's going to change the world. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean. I hope that someday my kids change the world too. But yeah. I mean, she knew, they knew, yeah. you know, they knew that these children were gonna change the world as they knew it. And that has gotta be an amazing feeling. I mean, amazing. Yeah, so, so I think not only a physical aspect, but mm -hmm. also an emotional aspect plays into, you know, women because it takes a certain uh, degree of emotion mm -hmm. to fully be able to trust when an angel comes and says, you are pregnant right now, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, and I, don't you agree? Yeah. Like it takes a certain kind of emotional thing that I think as women we portray. Yeah. Um, our next question actually talk, talks about Anna um, in the temple and it says, what important truths are brought to light in the story of Anna in the temple? And uh, what, what do you guys, what importance does she play? I saw nothing but devotion with mm -hmm. Anna. Yeah. To be in a situation to where your husband, you know, passes away early on in your marriage and for you to devote the rest of your life to ministry mm -hmm. in the temple and like not leaving and fasting and praying, I think was for like 80 something years. Mm -hmm. Like that is complete and utter devotion to the ministry, to the calling, to the message of um, the Word of God. So it just shows how dedicated that a woman can be and how um, disciplined that she could be to dedicate her life, not only for ministry, but for others, because she was there to help others, to pray and to fast for the salvation mm -hmm. of her brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed like she lived at the temple. Mm -hmm. Like she spent mm -hmm. all her time at the temple, which is amazing. Um, I think that as women, this is another role model that we have in the Bible, which we don't necessarily think of as a role model. Mm -hmm. um, she isn't, you know, someone that we talk about often, mm -hmm. but I mean, right. to have that kind of devotion mm -hmm. uh, towards God is amazing. I think it's really cool that it says that she was, well, it doesn't necessarily say she was rewarded, but I like to feel like she was rewarded by seeing Jesus because it says she came to the temple and seeing the baby, she knew who it was. Mm -hmm. She knew that it was the son of God. And I, I'd like to hope that that was like this little, you know, reward for her devotion. And it was this gift to God to her, you know, for all the many years that she had devoted to him, that she could see him. Well, another way to look at it too is, I mean, not only a reward, but when you spend endless time with mm -hmm. Christ, when you are living and walking with right. him, mm -hmm. you know That's when right. Jesus is, is in your presence. Mm -hmm. And I think that, oh, I get goosebumps, goosebumps. <laughs> just thinking about that. Um, 
that's awesome. But mm -hmm. she you know? also witnessed because once she knew this is Jesus, it says that she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. So she was waiting for it, and once once it happened, she told everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. It's humbling. Mm -hmm. um, what lessons can we learn uh, from the woman's outpouring of gratitude in Luke seven thirty six through fifty? Luke seven thirty six. Um, well, this is talking about when the lady came and mm -hmm. she anointed his feet, uh, anointed with his feet oil and with oil in her tears. So check this out. I read this somewhere and I don't know exactly where I read it, but, um, talked about, and this is obviously n not in the Bible, but they said during those times, um, the perfume that was used mm -hmm. um, by the kings and the royalty were so strong, was so strong, sorry, that like it would last for weeks at a time mm. and people would smell royalty coming their way. Wow. And to think that this lady weeped at the feet of Jesus and poured that perfume mm -hmm. on his feet like few hours before he got persecuted, mm -hmm. it makes me think, was he smelling like royalty when he was on that cross? Wow. Wow. You know, and so like how God used women in like the smallest of tasks, but ended up being something so huge, I thought was really awesome. So back to the question, <laughs> sorry. What lessons can we learn um, from that? Well, we see in that particular story that she was, had lived a life that she probably wasn't proud of and was just done with herself. So she only went to the true source that could fill her mm -hmm. and could, you know, mm -hmm. just forgive her for all that she's done. And in that particular situation, it shows, um, I believe the, the correct word is probably like the compassion that women have as well too, because all the mm -hmm. men were like, what is she doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why, why is she wasting all that good mm -hmm. perfume that could have sold it <laughs> and did all this other stuff? What is she, what is she doing? She's yeah. just like, do you, you don't know who I am or you don't know, you don't believe what is about to happen to me. Mm -hmm. So therefore, she's, she's doing this ultimate sacrifice and you all are complaining because of what mm -hmm. good you believe that you can do with the monetary value. She's doing something intangible right now with mm -hmm. a tangible item that mm -hmm. is gonna you know, show forth and mm -hmm. she's gonna be talked about for you know, years to come. But you all are sitting here just like, you haven't done anything for yeah. me. You haven't done anything. Jesus tells us the lesson because then he talks about the two people who owed a little bit of money and you know, the other person who owed a lot and they're both forgiven and he asks, you know, who do you think loves their master more? So he who is forgiven much. So hmm. I think it just talks about, the lesson we can learn is that Jesus, he forgives you and you love him for it. And the more he forgives you, the more, the more you love him. I think it also shows how she, she gave up everything. Cause I think I remember once reading that perfume that, as you were saying, is very expensive. Mm -hmm. And she would have had to probably give up a lot to purchase that, maybe all of the money she had or most of it. And I think it really shows her faith, her faith and her willingness to just give, just give of herself, just give whatever she had. And it's, I have, I struggle with giving. I struggle with, you know, giving up of everything, especially when I had my children, you gotta be a little bit more unselfish, yeah. you know? And so you have to give of yourself all the time. And this just showed how much she just, gave up of herself, you know? She just gave everything she could to the one person she knew who could do everything for her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important lesson that I can even take to myself. Like, I maybe I need to be a little bit more giving yeah. and just 
release it all, you know, not hold so much. And you see in, in verse 50, and he said to the woman, thy faith Mm. hath saved thee, go in peace, mm -hmm. to be forgiven and to be allowed to go in peace, to live the rest of your life knowing that everything that you've done up to this point has been forgiven. That's something that nobody else in that particular room had the opportunity to experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she could go forth and, and be guilt-free of everything that she's done. And um, I really appreciate that. Um, just the faith that she had. You know, a lot of women just show just complete and utter surrender and faith. Like you have the woman with the issue of blood who just threw herself at the hem of his garden. Let me mm -hmm. just try and take this chance. Like, mm -hmm. if nothing else has worked, why not this? <laughs> and she's with this lady right here. Nothing else has worked. Why not? What is the point of holding on to this really expensive perfume to do whatever I have been doing and it's not filling the void. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. solving my problems. It's not exactly. doing anything for me. So you see a lot of examples in the Bible with the women who have just given their all or they've completely given up and had no other choice but to give it over to God. So um, just that I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that faith is like kind of like complete surrender when after you've done all you can. Mm -hmm. like. Now, I wouldn't suggest after you've done all you can. I, I would suggest that you make that, you know, your first choice. But you see how God is not so forceful that he's going to be like, you need to choose me. Go ahead and choose me. Go ahead. But it's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Do, do everything else that you think is going to work. And I'm still right here at the end mm -hmm. of the day. And for mm -hmm. women to be able to completely surrender to that. Because I think that, you know, maybe guys will just try a couple more things. <laughs> but women be like, you I know, I'm done. I was going to ask that. Um, do you guys feel like our role in ministry, um, I'm going to be careful with the way I word this, <laughs> but do you think our role in ministry could be different from a male's role in ministry because of how emotional we are and attached to, it's just a different mm -hmm. aspect. God created us different. Right. So um, what what is your feel on that? I believe that we all have our place mm -hmm. in, in different settings. Mm -hmm. And no matter what the role is, um, there's going to be a difference between how a man responds and a difference between how a mm -hmm. woman responds. We're going to be more caring and giving hugs and all this <laughs> other stuff. And men just might be like, you know, this is the finances and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but we all have our roles. And it, if it's, um, if given the opportunity, I believe we'll do the best job that we can. Mm -hmm. There's just going to be some extra stuff added. Yeah. It's just going to be prettier. It's yeah. just going to... Probably smell better. Right? <laughs> no matter what it is, like there's always going to be a spin on it that's going to have mm -hmm. a female aspect of you can't mm -hmm. turn off the female mm -hmm. emotion Absolutely. or intuition. Right. And maybe sometimes we'll pick up things a little bit faster because of the gifts that God has given us. But if given the opportunity, women's going to continue to do what God has asked us mm -hmm. to do, no matter what. Exactly. So um, I'm I'm in I'm in ministry mm -hmm. um, at my at my church. I do a lot of different things. Um, but I put my spin on it. I mm -hmm. believe I run it differently than a male would run it. And I believe I uh, address different things that males Absolutely. probably would address yeah. eventually. But the way that is portrayed now that um, I'm one of the leaders, it's just it's just different. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that it's less effective or helpful. No. Right. It just means that a, a female's doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you gonna say no, that? I was going to just add a little bit that I think God made man and woman for a purpose that there's there we're both different in our own ways but that was what was important for him he recognized the importance that there we were going to have different personalities men Absolutely. were going to be different than women and he wanted that in this world he wouldn't have made a man and a woman if he didn't want that and i'd like to think that you know 
woman was made from Adam's side to walk beside him. That's just my feeling, like walk beside him equally and do as, you know, but equally together side by side, but we're also man and woman, so we're both different. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we're equal, but we're different. And I think that that's the way God intended from the start of Adam and Eve, you know, I just feel like, yeah. yeah. And looking back to the story we were just talking about, about her being at the feet of Jesus and the disciples being like, you know, what are you doing? It's kind of good that they were doing that because can you imagine how many mm -hmm. people would come to the feet of Jesus crying and like, you know, stop him and whatever. So that was their role in a sense was, you know, like having things in order. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there was this exception because that's the way things rolled that she came and, yeah. um, you know, poured at the feet of Jesus. Right. But I think that, you know, just like the disciples played a, a part, so did this woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about our next question. Uh, why is the role of women here so important in the account of Jesus' resurrection? This is mm. talking about Luke 24 mm. for the most part. I love this story personally. I just think it's absolutely amazing that the women came first yep. and they saw the miracle first mm -hmm. and that not only did the Lord entrust them with that message because they did, they had an intensive, in all intensive purposes, it was a message for them to deliver to the disciples that he wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was a job for them. And what an amazing thing to give to a woman in that time period. In that time period, amazing job to give to a woman and say, this is what happened, you know? Yeah. You can go tell them. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, and they run back and they tell them, but you know, do they believe them at first? No, they no, didn't. <laughs> they didn't, and that shows that time period. But God trusted them, yeah. And that shows so to me that means probably more at the beginning of that story. That means a lot to me personally. So it also shows the women's faith because they did go back to the tomb to go and continue to prepare and finish prepping Jesus' body because they took him down because it was the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So the job wasn't complete. Absolutely. So they went to finish off the job that, um, you know, that when Jesus comes back, at least his body will be better prepared. Um, so in showing that faith, they went back. I think the men lost all their hope. They're just like, oh no, Jesus is dead. What are we gonna do? Like nobody's, what are we gonna do? Everything's done. Like was this all a lie? And the was just like, well, you know what? It doesn't matter that, you know, he was my Lord and Savior. I saw him do so many different things. I saw him heal the sick. I saw him raise the dead. Right. Mm -hmm. I saw him do so many things. It doesn't matter. Even if he doesn't come back, at least he's going to be buried respectfully. Um, mm -hmm. And I have no idea how they were going to roll that stone away, but they, <laughs> were, right. they were prepared. I believe that God would have given them the power, I think it was like two or three women, to get that stone out of the way. But, you know, praise God that the job was already done for them. Amen. And they had the mm -hmm. opportunity to right. go and tell everybody, which they still didn't believe them, but right. nevertheless, they still were able to carry the message and once a male came and confirmed it, but, you know, it is all, it is what it is. Would it, would it have changed if it was the guy going to tell the women, hey, look what I just saw, do you think we would have believed quicker? I think so. Yeah? I think the women would have been quicker to believe than the men were to believe the women. Mm-hmm. So if a male had went to the tomb first and saw that it was empty, I believe they would have went into investigation mode. Who stole Jesus' body? Where <laughs> mm -hmm. is he? I'm going to track him down. Soldiers, where is right. he? What happened? Um, so with the, you know, the angels talking to the women, maybe they were just like, oh, okay, this is great. Let me <laughs> but go wouldn't the angels have been there if the men had discovered the tomb was empty first? 
I think, yeah, 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 they would, they would have been there, but... Everyone believes an angel. Everybody, but everybody was scared of them, too, so I think the women was just like, let me just go ahead and take this message over there, just in case. <laughs> but the women, as you notice, like, the, a lot of the women, they had angel encounters quite a bit, and they were okay. Like, it seemed like, not, oh, you know, I'm not sure how okay, but they seemed to be really receptive to that angel coming to them, and, I mean, think of Mary, and the angels were, yeah, she was shocked, but she was, she was, okay, all right, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe that's why he, the women went. They were really receptive. They were really receptive of that angel's message. Right, a lot of men just froze and <laughs> fell on the ground and didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with us being women and having that, uh, what is it that they say? We have that sixth intuition, intuition yeah. there, which leads to our next question. It says, how can uh, we affirm the equality of men and women before God at the same time acknowledge how their differences play out in the life of the church? So, yes, we are equal and we are mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. able uh, to bring people to the feet of Jesus, which is ultimately our role here on earth mm -hmm. is, you know, to tell people, hey, God is coming. Let's prepare the way. But we also have to realize that, yeah, we do have that intuition. If we were mm -hmm. to see an angel, we might be a little bit more receptive than mm -hmm. a guy would. Um, how, how could we do that? How can we affirm that we are doing that in the church and in our role in ministries, even outside the church? Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to us being women of faith and trusting that God has a role for men and mm -hmm. for women. I think in modern times, women are sort of looked down on a bit. They're sort of known as the weaker of, you know, the two men versus women. But I think if we can strengthen our faith in God and be like Mary to know that, you know, God uses the weak things to confound the wise, we have a role to play as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And God has used us all in different aspects of ministry, period. So mm -hmm. the men may do something, but the women are like, well, what about this? Mm -hmm. And so we all bring different things to the table as to how mm -hmm. we can continue to reach out to everyone everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that's a unique aspect um, of yeah. both male and females in ministry. Absolutely. To work well together and to bring each piece because sometimes, you know, we'll think of something that, you know, a male wouldn't think of, but they think of something that we don't think of. And I think together, working together jointly in that ministry towards God makes it perfect. You know, it's not one or the other or just this, just this opinion or just this opinion. When you do, it's like that puzzle, that, that just Absolutely. amazing puzzle it started from the beginning. You know, God wanted there to be two this opinion and this opinion because together it works. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's a great way to wrap up mostly that we're not above anyone and no one's above us. It's more like we are all here for the same calling and working together for the ministry of Christ. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Uh, if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of the Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Kathy Britton.